Welcome to episode five of the Coys Are Us podcast. The whole gang is here again, Joel, Kim, Ben, and Jesse. And for the first time in a long time, we're actually coming on after a Spurs win. It's been a minute. <laughs> I almost forgot. I almost forgot what uh what winning felt like. Um thoughts on the three one win over Leicester. Let's start with Jesse. Yeah, I think it was encouraging. Um, I'm extremely proud that uh, me and Kimmy predicted the win, most importantly. Um, predicted it to a T, 3-1. Yeah, that's, yeah, a, just that's impressive. That, uh, that that's little, impressive. little garbage Uniacha there at the end made it made me and Kimmy winners. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it was it was encouraging. Like, it, it had a little bit of that, like, uh, encouraging start with some interesting things. But then it was, you know, that little bit of old spursiness creeps into your mind of like, oh, well, we, have, we haven't broken through yet. Oh, no, now Lester's starting to get on the front foot. So great to see Kane bang that one in. I think everyone just, uh, you know, it felt like in the stadium as well as at home kind of took a, um, you know, was able to, to relax and exhale a little bit then. So, yeah, generally a good performance. Um, you know, I'm XG got over here. So I think it was on like 1.6 to 0.3 or something. But um, obviously, a, a ridiculously low XG, incredible finish by uh, by Sun to, for the third goal. Um, but I mean, it, it honestly could have been five or six. Like it could have been a, a you know even bigger of a of a massacre. Like on that, um, you know, there was one where uh, uh, I think it was a bad bad back pass where where Kane had a shot and um, um, Schmeichel was able to to get big in front of it. And there was a couple of kind of late moments where it was just like that. Um, there was one, I think, like when it was still 2 or maybe had just gotten 3 0, um, where uh, uh, the ball was bouncing around the box and, and uh, someone tried to pass to Kane. And Emerson just was like, No, I'm a striker now and ran right in front of Kane and got all up in his face. Um, and so, I mean, it, it definitely, there was a couple of the things that I, uh, I remember where it was like, Shoot, like that should have been a goal or that could have been a goal. So, um, you know, that, like when Decky overran that one after making some pretty cool moves, um, not that that should have been a goal, but like looked like it could have been a better chance. So, very it was a nice move regardless. That yeah, was a I'm, that was definitely an and one highlight mixtape. I mean, yeah, he was uh he was uh he was half man, half machine um, to keep that one going. But that was a really incredible performance by everybody. Uh funny, like you know, Ducky Decky subbed, but really like you know, then proving again why he's undroppable because once again, um three goals, two by son, one by Kane. Uh, three assists, one by Sun, and uh, and two by Decky. So I mean that front and, three, and that's the other thing again. too. Like with him coming off the bench, like it's you almost get the sense that you know he was kind of having a, a bad run, and then dropping him almost kind of helped him get the juice back. It's almost like okay, you're playing well, everybody loves you, but you're still 21, and like this is still a big club, and we still need you to perform. And I think just having that moment of like okay, I don't actually have to guarantee a start every time. Then when he comes in off the bench, he's like on fire. Um, Kim, what'd you think of the Leicester match? Yeah, so I think it played out similarly to how I thought it would have played out, um, which is why I picked a 3-1. I thought their midfield, and you know, they played a, a definitely a team that was not that great, honestly. So we should have beat them. Um, and in my opinion, in general, if they even if they played their strongest midfield, those guys aren't super strong. Um, they leave spaces in and like they didn't get tight enough to Kane in certain 
aspects. I mean, Sonny's goal, he was able to get that shot off. He got it off really quickly, that third one, but he was able to get it off because what a banger. They, what a they banger. Just, <laughs> yeah, that goal was crazy. They just weren't tight enough to our players. And if you give if you give Sun, Kane, and Decky space, they're just gonna make stuff happen. And so what we experienced with Brighton and uh, Brentford was we didn't our front players didn't get any space. Um and so if we get the space, um, we kind of can make stuff happen. So, uh, yeah, kind of like I said, it played out how I thought it would. Um, I ended up watching it <laughs> right before we recorded. So all my takes are still are still uh, formulating. But, um, yeah, it was a, it was a good win. Um, and Romero and Davies, um, both on their sides defensively, were were really, really good. Benson core in the middle. Um, him and Hoiberg played well t- together. And so I just feel like overall, it was a decent result against a team that we should have beat. Yeah, I liked Davis um, at the beginning. I thought he was one of the stronger players in the first half. And then Romero is just an absolute beast. I mean, that's got to be one of the best signings we've made. I don't even know, like in a while, maybe I don't want to say since Sun, but maybe. Um, and he was just a star in the second half. And then speaking of Sun, like you almost that's exactly why when I said last week, you can't drop players like Sun and you can't drop players like Kane because they'll have a bad run of form and then they'll have two left footed goals the next match. So it's like when you have players of that quality who can do those things and can just kind of have meteoric moments you got to play them and Kulusevsky is not there yet and I think that's also a part of what you know Conte's message was by benching him um Ben thoughts on Saturday Sunday Sunday was it Sunday it was Sunday it was was Sunday Sunday, yeah Yeah. (laughs) Um, it's it's only Monday I'm already losing track of my days it's bad it was good obviously to get back on a uh winning in, in good form just on the, on the good side of the table again um the first half wasn't great uh we were under for a, a little bit um that that first the cane goal was probably against the run of play i loris that save that he made early on i think was a um was a big kind of pivotal moment of the game just because if they had scored early i could see us getting really dejected the players you know uh losing confidence even more um, so to make that save early on, and then there was uh, Cootie came in there with saving after I think it was Davies made a uh, to just turn the ball over on the edge of the box, and Cootie came into the rescue on that one. There were a couple yep. of little moments that were a little little scary during the first half. During the second half, though, it it just seemed like Lester, like Kim was saying, they couldn't get close to us. Basically, we just we were we were pretty well dominating possession and passed around pretty freely. Um, we didn't have quite the um, maybe like cutting effect straight through their defense. Um, but it was still, it was very, very much more of a, an enjoyable game to watch in the last couple of weeks. And again, good to get back to winning ways. So um, I would, I would have to give Romero the man of the match probably on that one, even with Sun's crazy goal. I mean, that, you know, Sun, Sun deserves, but at the same time, Romero was all over the place, making things happen. Yeah. Um, you think it's definitely between the two of them for man of the match. Well, let me ask I you this so, though. Yeah. You said, um, you know, being able to pass the ball around a little bit more freely. And like, is that a result of us doing something different than we were doing the last two matches? Or is it just a matter of like Lester's giving us the space that other I think it's won't? Lester. 
I think it's mostly that I don't that we might have been a little bit uh, the tempo might have been a little higher than it's been. So that's the one thing I could say could potentially uh, result in what we saw from our uh, change in strategy. But I don't know. I, I still think it was just that Lester allowed us more space than we've gotten the the, uh, the last couple of weeks. Um, and I think that's kind of what where the concern still is. Right. Like. Right. Um, obviously, we'll talk about Liverpool later when we do our predictions. But. When you're going up against a team like that, um, they are not Leicester City. Uh, they're a very different team. So it's like, I don't know if we've fixed the things that we need to fix from an offensive standpoint, because I still feel like teams um, that want to sit back can still have a successful um, strategy against us. Liverpool is not a team that's going to sit back, obviously. Um, but they are a team that has a pretty stout defense. Um, they don't let in a lot of goals. And so, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, but before we get to Liverpool or anything else, also wanted to see where we are on the triangle. We've got four matches left. We're still in fifth. Uh, we still got that two-point deficit for fourth. Um, but we still have to play them, and our next match is up against Liverpool away at Anfield. I'll, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll know a lot more in, in uh, what a week and a half or so after Liverpool and Arsenal. Oh, you, you might know everything <laughs> right. in a week and a half. Yeah, right now I think I'm, I'm kind of still in the same position I was last week, which is kind of on the downturn from getting my hopes up to being disappointed. Um, it's not that I'm disappointed in the weekend's game or anything. It's just that. You know, we didn't Arsenal, uh, you know, beat West Ham. So we didn't pick up any ground. Um, so it's pretty yeah, much I mean, in I'm, the same still, space, even despite the win. Yeah. Well, it's just it's it's obviously hard to not still not be disappointed to lose those two games in that run <laughs> after we had clawed our way back. So not to go back and dwell on that for too long, but just one week's not enough to bring me back to uh, getting starting to believe again quite yet. Jesse, I think that's your cue. Someone say starting to believe again. There we go. Uh, yeah, no, that's, there we uh, go. that's dependable. Good. That's me. Uh, I feel, I feel good. Um, I've got, uh, we've outscored team 17 to four over the last six. So there's still the, the defense is really good. Um, obviously Liverpool's Liverpool's a strong side. So I'm not feeling like a hundred percent all the way at the top, but I feel really good. And this will be a great, great test. Now that Conte is fully bedded in, we'll see what, we'll see what's happening. Yeah. So I would say, the last two weeks definitely disappointed me and I'm probably somewhere in the middle where I am starting to believe again. And I think like, um, we'll talk about this later, but I'm less, I'm a little, I'm feeling a little better, um, about Liverpool than I was last week when we had um, this conversation. So, um, you know, hopefully we can get a result. There is just what I, what I'll say. Well, as we think ahead to playing Liverpool, they are in the process of still fighting to win the Premier League. They still trail Man City by one point. So they are still having something to play for, even though they're in a much different position than Spurs. We both need the three points. Um, on the other side of the spectrum are a bunch of teams that are in a pretty fierce relegation battle right now with Everton beating Chelsea. They 
have a game in hand and now are three points away from 16th and 17th with their win. They now are on 32 points with 33 games played. So they have five more to play. Uh, Burnley and Leeds are both on 34 points. So it's only a two point difference. um, But Everton has one more game to play than them. When we look at our schedule in comparison to these teams in the bottom, um, we've got to play Norwich at the end of the season. That's actually a team that's already been relegated. We also are going to have to play Burnley, um, who's on a pretty hot streak right now. They've been winning pretty much ever since they canned uh, Sean Dyche, surprisingly. But it is interesting when we look at like the relegation battle um, every time we watch Premier League because there really isn't anything like that in American sports. I mean, what were you guys' thoughts when you first found out about like relegation and promotion? Uh, is it a cool idea? Is it something that maybe we don't like or like more than what we see in America? Yeah, I oh. love it. I mean, I, I think it, the, the biggest challenge for me is that I've worked in the sports business, not always for, for teams, um, but in the sports business for my whole career. And I just like the, the thought just like boggles my mind on how you even structure contracts and season ticket things and how that stuff works because of the, the, the massive changes in revenue that, that come in. Obviously, already you've got different revenue um, things that come in from, uh, you know, whether you're, you're finishing fifth or, or 17th or something in the Premier League, but like the, the freaking canyon, even between finishing, you know, 18th, 19th, 20th or something like that in the Prem, then dropping out of the championship just like boggles my mind how you would like the, I guess just like you got to have a couple extra lawyers on site to drop all the sponsorship contracts, right? Or if there's, I don't know, is there an out every year? Like, does AIA have an out if Spurs were to get relegated that they're not going to be paying $35 million a year for whatever it is? So I would think uh, so, because a lot right. of times when you see teams go down, they do end up with a different sponsor on their shirt. So I'm sure that's not a coincidence. Yeah, just um, the, they're, the- they're typically not able to. I mean, even there, a lot of times you'll even see uh, the brand maker will change <laughs> Because their yeah, whole budget is going to basically change. That stuff fascinates me. And then how you like long-term plan for these types of things. If you don't really have any, like if you're on the, one of those kind of fringe clubs, but I think it's great. It's, it's the, the purest, um, you know, way to play, right. That the, the best teams get to play in the best league. Obviously there, there are parts of that where the rich get richer, but um, I think it's, it's, it's awesome that I, I don't see it ever, ever, ever happening in, in America, because if you are a, owner of an NBA and MLB and NFL and NHL, et cetera, team, why would you ever be like, Oh yeah, no, those guys in the AHL or the, the G league. Yeah, sure. The Fort Wayne Mad Ants, that guy's got his same amount invested in, in his team as the New York Knicks. Like let's let them come up every once in a while. There's never going to happen because I think the, the pyramid structure is so old, but I think that's one of the, the coolest things that, uh, that goes on in soccer. And I mean, just even from a casual perspective, like, every game stays more interesting. Now, you know, there are certain teams that are going to be completely done. Um, you know, chief among those, I think like Norwich is, is already and, and Watford are already done. Right. So, um, but those other Watford's that, not dead yet, not mathematically, but they're almost certainly dead. <laughs> they're dead in my sheet. Guaranteed yours. A guarantee. They do not uh, get to safety. Um, oh, wow. So, this guy's trademarking. <laughs> I think the All other right. thing. Too, I, hope you, I hope you got a lawyer for that. That's uh, that interests me is like it makes these late season games more interesting that, you know, when there are still several teams that, that could go up or down. And right now, you know, roughly you're looking at um, two safety spots for three teams between Burnley, Leeds and Everton. And then, you know, the top four race, obviously, that's similar in, in the um, uh, in American sports, sort of with your playoff race, I guess, to a degree. 
Um, but I think the relegation stuff makes things so fascinating at all levels. And, and there's, you know, people, uh, 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 paupers becoming Kings and, and, uh, and Queens losing their crown kind of every year that at, at all these different levels, not just at the, at the premier league and the championship level, but all the way down, I think there's seven levels. Um, and seeing teams, you know, like, uh, I think Leicester was like in the fourth division several years ago, and then they could, then they won. Like, obviously that's a rare situation 2015, but I love the pyramid and, and it's just the most, um, I don't know if egalitarian is the right word, but like, if you're good, you can do anything. Um, you know, it's sort of the, the, the little bit of the magic of the, uh, the NCAA tournament, which, you know, is the most kind of open um, competition that we have, I think, in the, not comparable, but in terms of a, if you're good enough, you can win a championship. Yeah, I always thought the uh, the more comparable uh, to the NCAA is probably the FA Cup. I feel like that's a similar thing, right, where you can have these little teams that come out of nowhere and break yeah. through. Um, yeah, no, I agree. When I first found out about relegation, I just thought it was such a good idea. Um, a few things, you know, it makes the makes the games exciting even for teams that have nothing to play for, quote unquote, they would have nothing to play for in the U.S. And then obviously they have everything to play for over there. So to have kind of these races on both sides of the table just adds an extra layer, especially late in the season. But it's just not financially viable to do in American sports. And I'm, I'm surprised that it that it never made its way into an American sports before, you know, there was as much money, as much financing involved in in sports here like i mean in the 70s that could have been done like how it was there um i so i am i'm surprised that it never got over here at all <clears throat> um because yeah like i said it's really great for competitive balance as well i feel like it that you can't have these owners just basically tank it year in and year out because they know that the, the fans will have to keep coming no matter what um well one of the reasons them- it works though is because you have hundreds and hundreds of football clubs all over england that's right? part of like- it but it's it's odd. I, I I think that the Super League that they tried to do, you know, last year is a is a a sign of how relegation could be viewed at this point, though, too, because it's the same teams that get relegated every year and come back up. Not the exact same teams, but it's a small pool of teams. It's like Everton, though. Though I mean, that's the first time that they've been yeah. dragged down this far that I can I've since I've been watching them, and we've seen West Ham go down and come back. So I mean, it's not like it never happens. Those good teams, but there are some that are just kind of protected from that. You really have to have things go really wrong for a, a long time to get to that kind of point for a lot of these teams. Yeah. Well, as you said, Everton is now in a very strange spot where, you know, they've been in the Premier league for a very long time. I think it's like close to a hundred years. So, yes. I, well, remember, remember when I was telling, uh, telling you guys during our first episode of how I, came to Spurs and who was on my final list. And at the time it was Villa, Fulham and and Everton. And if Everton goes down this year, that'll be all three of those teams that would have gotten relegated. And one of the key reasons they were on that list was that they had never been relegated from the premier league at least. Right. So yeah. And actually a quick question while we're talking about this though, but do you guys root for and against different teams to get relegated? I mean, I assume you do, right? I got a friend that's in a very unique, unique perspective. He was so, so, so upset about the, he's an Everton fan. He's so, so upset about the um, Super League. He almost just took like all the Premier League season off. And so he's kind of like just sickened by the Premier League. And so he's kind of like a little bit happy to not, you know, potentially be in it next year. Um, but then also like, that's going to make it a lot more difficult to watch and follow your team if, follow, if they're yeah. not in there. So 
I, I hope that, you know, I, I, it'd be cool to see Everton stay, I think, but it's interesting that like, you've got a second tier, you know, kind of larger club that's, that's in this position. It is. I, I, I definitely will be rooting for Burnley to be relegated because my biggest thing is how they play. Like I was rooting for Stoke, Stoke to get relegated basically every year for the first several seasons that I was watching. Uh, but Burnley would be a, another candidate to not have a rugby team in the Premier League next season. Would be <laughs> nice. Yeah, I guess like my thing about promotion and relegation, I think the only sport that we could see it in is soccer in the U.S. Um, I think like uh, the USL and the MLS, if the MLS would decide to do it, it, I think it could work. It could, they might have like three, I think we have three levels of um, U.S. soccer. And so we could potentially do something where we have, you know, like three teams promoted or and three teams relegated. Um, I don't think it will ever happen in any of their sport. Like Jesse said, um, it's just the money thing. Um, <laughs> our sports teams make too much money to then, to then lose it and the owners make too much money to then to then potentially lose it um i do like it for competitive balance and a team like everton finds themselves almost getting relegated due to mismanagement over the last however many years um and and you don't think a team like everton should get relegated but you also didn't think a team like villa at some point should have got relegated leeds shouldn't have got relegated but it just shows that if you aren't managing your team correctly that stuff will come back to bite you and you can't just roll it over to the, to the next year and just say, Oh, it didn't work out this year. Um, you know, you can improve on what you did last year, but if you continue to go down that path, like if you're a team like the Knicks that continued to, to basically tank for years and years and yeah, years, and not no get better, tanking. that's one of the biggest things about it, yeah. no tanking. That's why I wish it we just, had it. Exactly. I, I feel the same way. Cause it would just retire. It would require more teams to think, critically when doing things as opposed to just saying you know if it doesn't work out then we'll be fine um so so yeah that's why i think i like it mostly it's like no tanking and it just allows team it allows your team to yeah and like like i say if they are to not take it seriously or if they are to not manage themselves correctly then you lose your money and then it then it actually hits the owners in a way that matters um which is why i don't think it'll ever happen yeah, between them, uh, you know, having relegation and not having a concept like draft picks that reward the teams that have the worst records, it basically completely does away with tanking. What, what's, what's, is there any incentive whatsoever to tank? I think, if anything, it's the opposite, right? Yeah, I think the, the, the higher up the table you are, the more you make. The more you make, the more they'll be able to pay players, to bring in better players. I mean, it just it seems like a great system for that way. But like Joel. Well, tank, tanking is also tied to the lottery picks, though. Right. Yeah, that's like, what so I'm saying. If you don't have a draft, then there's no point yeah, in. That's what I'm tanking. saying. Like the combination of no draft and also relegation as a, you get the carrot and the stick, you know, <laughs> like there's right. a, yeah. you're yeah, it's I just that really, really helps it. But as you guys already mentioned, there's no way it's coming to American sports at this stage. I guess I'm, I, I would bet almost everything that I'm worth that almost any English uh, Premier League owner right now of any team would love to have it locked in somehow that they are no longer, you know, that, and I don't think that could ever happen either. Cause how would, I mean, how think about how unfair that would be to some of the teams that just got relegated that season, the last one, and then it got locked in for all time. I can't imagine that happening either. I mean, big soccer doesn't care about fairness in, in Europe. So if it, if yeah. it did happen, it would absolutely uh, favor the, the top the six fan or so reaction, clubs at, the, at the expense of everybody else. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, that would be Super that's League what, Part that's Two. That's what basically. the Super League was. Yeah, exactly. And it, it was only fans, honestly, that the best that part is happening. that we were somehow in that mix. You know, I think a no. lot of Spurs fans were kind of like uh, both annoyed by it, obviously, but also just the thought that somehow that that's how far we've come, where we're now one of the what was it eight teams that are invited into the super league. Uh, It was, it was a little flattering, I guess. At the same time, it was obviously extremely um, frustrating that they would. I'm sure the stadium had a lot to do with that too. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, uh, and the the champions league final, I mean, those, the champions league runs under poach. I know that there, I have friends that basically didn't even know who Tottenham was a few years ago, five years ago, say when I all a part of Levy's plan, baby, (laughs) the, the name recognition has definitely increased worldwide. One of the biggest things about relegation is obviously the desperation to stay up. I mean, you see like the um, Sunderland uh, Netflix documentary, which is just so depressing. It's It's depressing, but it's also funny. I'm sorry. Oh, it's uh, I was too sad. I couldn't even laugh. It's like you're seeing this team just get their hopes up and just letting their fans down time and time again. Um, And as you guys said, like there's so much money tied to the Premier League, too. Um, I do wonder as we look ahead to our schedule, I mean, obviously Norwich doesn't really have anything to play for other than their own pride at this point, but depending on where Burnley is at the end of the season, if we need those points, that, that could be a very tough match, um, if they're battling for relegation. So, you know, we've got a team that's fighting for a championship followed by a team that's fighting for top four, followed by a team that's fighting to stay up. So, the next three games yeah, well, are not going to be uh, walks in the park here. Yeah, the, no, it, like we were talking about the uh, the anti tanking piece of that, but like you said, it makes those those games at the end really like it can be uh, just as scary to fight a rel- to you know to 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 be playing a relegation in battle team as it could be definitely mid table or even at some of the top six teams where all those games are just they they get you know there's so much um, importance placed on them that. It, they all become huge games, but then really quickly, just, I wanted to mention also the, the, in, the um, inverse of, of the relegation is also another big part of it. Can you imagine watching your championship team, uh, you know, for the first time, like how it was for Brentford for the first time in decades, be on the precipice of making it back to the premier league. Like that must just be insane. Almost better than winning a championship because you, you get, you get the trophy and you get promoted. If you, you know, if you yeah. get first place, obviously. Yeah, I think I, I mentioned this in the uh, debut of Sunshine and Canebos on uh, last episode. I'm glad that we're playing teams that are fighting for something. Not that Liverpool was just going to sit back and be happy with the draw, even if they weren't. But I think like we need teams to be coming to us because we still obviously haven't figured out this low block. So, you know, when teams don't have stuff to play for and they can just kind of hang back and then Norwich could just be like, hey, you know what? It's the last our last day in the Prem maybe they just don't want to get embarrassed and lose 6-0 or maybe they say hey let's freaking go out fighting and, and do it so I think hopefully either way they'll um, you know being able that, that having our last four games the the first one fighting for a championship the second one fighting for the same top four spot as we are unless Chelsea keeps slipping then maybe two are up for grabs but I, that's even too optimistic for me um, and then the final two you know a relegation fight so I think that all those things you know it's, I'm glad to see that the teams are fighting, you know, against uh, have to be fighting for something. So they'll be trying to bring the game to us and trying to go for a win so that we can, yeah, that's we can push a good forward and take advantage of it. When you look at like Arsenal's um, run into, they're, they're playing two of those teams that are battling for um, those safety spots. So 
Um, and they play us. We're we're the uh, top four team, the team going for top four as well that they're playing. So uh, they don't have the easiest run as well. So like we, we always like to look at what like what's the struggle for us, but they also have very similar um, things they're going to be dealing with. And so I don't want to look at them and say they're going to pick up all their points because the way Everton uh, played Chelsea, uh, if they played um, if they play Arsenal in a similar way, they could pick up a draw. They might not win, but they could do something there. Well, a lot to play for on both sides. Um, I mean, we're going to see how it plays out. By the time um, we meet again, we'll have played Liverpool. So, I mean, I guess we just going to have to see how it goes. In the meantime, you are listening to the Khoisar Us podcast, which is a podcast of four Americans who love Spurs talking Tottenham. You can be found on Twitter at Khoisar Us podcast, and you could also reach us via email. All right, this is the time you've all been waiting for. I know you're now anxiously on the edges of your seats to hear our predictions for the match away to Liverpool. I feel like there should have been a drum roll or something, so I'll work on that for next time. But as we look ahead to the match, um, which is like a really at a really weird time, we're playing like two forty-five, which is like it's really late. Yes, so it's like seven forty-five uh, British time. I don't understand why they booked the game so late, but in any event, um, I'm sure the bars are going to be absolutely packed because it's you know the middle of the afternoon on a Saturday. So uh, make sure you get to your local Spurs pub a little early, make sure you get a seat. Um, but in any event, what are we thinking, Ben? Uh, Liverpool the way. What's it going to be? Uh, I'll go 2-2. I, li- I like our chances. I like us uh, hoping for something similar to when we played um, City uh, under Conte earlier this year. Okay, uh, yeah. When was that? Was that January? Or was that earlier? I Hopefully, uh, you know, we can catch. February 19. What is it? February 19th? February 19th. Okay. Um, but obviously Liverpool are going to come at us. They don't sit back against anybody. Uh, their counter press worries me a little bit. Obviously I think our, our midfield is not necessarily the most press resistant. Um, so that would be a concern, but I think that they're, they're a little vulnerable on the counter too. Cause if you could just break through that press, you know, they, like I said, they're not going to sit back at all. I think that they probably sit back less than City, in fact. So I don't think we're probably going to have a ton of the ball, but I think that when we do have it, we'll probably look pretty dangerous just because obviously we've had a lot of practice uh, counterattack under Nuno and uh, Jose the last few years. And then uh, Conte's obviously not exactly opposed to that either. He plays a little bit more possession heavy than those other two, but. I think that this game, obviously Liverpool's super dangerous, but at the same time, it, their style could play into our hands a little bit. So I'll I'll go two two. You talk about that back line becoming vulnerable. I mean, I, I know a lot of wingbacks like to pick on Trent Alexander Arnold, so that could be a really big opportunity Only for somebody like Sessegnon. Could do that. <laughs> well, that that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, guys are going to have to step up because. Where this is a must-win game against a better side, so yeah. guys are going to have to play better than they I, usually do. Well, hopefully, um, Sess will keep his little mini trajectory. How he seems to take a few games to get his confidence, and maybe this will be the game that he finds that. Well, his trajectories always seem to last for about ninety minutes at a time. So hopefully, we can get at least one eighty out of him. Um, Kim, what do you think? Uh, you know, I 
am going to be very, very positive today. Uh-oh. And I'm going to say we're going to win. That's positive. I'm very, I'm oh, very surprised. I'm very surprised in my squeaker or somehow we're just going to come out and just. Oh, no, it's going to it's definitely going to be a squeaker like three, two. Um, I'm going to say three, two, actually. Um, I went back and watched the highlights of the last time we played Liverpool, not saying they're the same team that they were. And we are also not the same team we are. But I think we're better defensively than we were then. Um, I try to say this with a caveat. I do think that um, we need to play probably a different. Um, I don't think the three four three will work against Liverpool as well as probably that three five two would work or a five three two would work. Um, I think it would be better for us to just have more bodies behind the ball in the midfield. Um, have like Sunny making runs and have Kane sort of try to. Um, you think that Decky could runs. drop down, could drop back and play more central? So Decky has experience as a ten. So if um if if Conte would play him there, I think it it would work fine. Um, but dropping still back with likes to Hoybier and and uh, Bentoncourt, like have a three man. I I think I think a three man midfield would probably work better. I don't. I just wonder why they haven't tried Conte that. Conte does it. I don't know if Conte even would to make do a sub. it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if Conte will do it, but um, I think what I know what I noticed in the last match was like, and Dombele was making like line breaking passes, and one thing that I think Decky could do is break lines with some of his passes. Um, and right. so I think if if we can do some of that, getting in between Liverpool, in between the lines, um, lofting balls over the top, and having guys make runs onto those balls, I think Liverpool can be got at defensively i mean offensively um counter-attacking why specifically i think that's the way we could get at them so i'm gonna go for this three two i'm i'm hoping um i'm not and and the thing about the last match is we had so many chances like so many chances like liverpool gave us so many chances it happened last year too that bergman missed it is, but we're not going to have to be play Bergvine. We're going to be playing Sonny, who's actually in form, like who's actually when he gets the ball in the box is actually scoring as opposed to, you know, the last the last match. There was like a, a cane header that went high. There was like a Sonny. Sonny was like in a great position. Delhi had chances like if guys make runs against Liverpool. I think there will be chances and I think we're just a little more clinical than we were then. So I think we can score a few more goals. So I'm being hopeful. Hopefully this does not come back to bite me, but I'm putting out here on the pod for that reason. So I'm standing oh on this. I have to stand this is, on this. This is bold stuff. Three goals against Liverpool. All right. Jesse, you're going to get more optimistic than that? No, I'm going to let Kimmy take the crown for this one. I'm just looking through like Liverpool. I don't think they've given it. I think the only time they've uh, basically since all year, they've only given up 22 goals all year. Second best defense against City, Sheesh. who obviously we've we've scored against. Um, but I mean, just even the, the the few times they've given up multiple goals, um, they gave up two against City tw- uh, twice. They gave up two against Chelsea at the turn of the uh, the year. Two against us. Um, three against West Ham uh, in early November. Two against Brighton, and then three against um, <coughs> um, Brentford early season Brentford. So, I mean, like, that's the thing. It's like, and if you add those up, that's going to get pretty close to, to 21. So it's, it's, it's almost like a, 
the days that they let you score, they do let you get to two or a team is able to get to two because Allison leads the league in clean sheets with, uh, with 20. So they've only given up goals in, in you know, in, in significantly less than half of their games, but it's often been two. So I'm going to call a two, two, uh, <laughs> excuse me, a different kind of repeat of uh, the game before. I think, you know, uh, they're obviously still going for the quadruples. So they've got a deep squad. They'll see some rotations. I don't know if they'll have the same exact team, as they did in the early season draw. But I think what's really interesting is we'll have five guys by my lineup that'll be the same from then, Sun, Kane, Dyer, Davies, and Hugo. But Bentoncourt, Decky, Sess, uh, PEH, Royale, and Romero, some new guys, some guys that just were hurt or sat that game will be new. So we'll have a, a significantly different looking team. Um, and like I said, we I think we've outscored team 17-4 the last little bit. So our defense is clicking. Liverpool's got one of the best defenses in the league, but I, I think we can we can get past them. Um, I can't wait to see Cuddy, what Cuddy does against uh, against that front three and just getting in Salah's ear and getting in Jota and all those people. So it'll be interesting, but 2-2 is, is as optimistic as I'll get. It's Kuti. It's not Kid Cuddy. It's not, you know, good music guy. It's it's Kuti. Uh, hey, I, but I would just just to point out really quickly, if uh, if if. Kimmy's correct uh, prediction comes true, and it's uh, on a sun hat trick without um, without Salah scoring. He will tie him for the lead in the Golden Boot race. That's true. He's at nineteen, and Salah's at twenty-one, and I believe yeah. he's at twenty-two. Rather, after the United match, uh, Ronaldo is right behind oh, no, Sonny with right. eighteen, yeah. I believe. And I'll just say they let Benfica score three goals not that long ago, so you know, maybe. Maybe. Maybe he's right. Um, I don't think my prediction is going to be that bold. And in fact, I am not even as optimistic as a draw. I really don't see it for this weekend. Obviously, I'll be going into the match, hoping that we win, um, hoping that we walk away with some points and also hoping again that Arsenal lose. But um, when Liverpool play at Anfield, they are a machine. Um, that place is like a fortress for them. I'm also really concerned for for our team's defense. I mean, I know we have not been letting in a lot of goals, but it definitely feels like for the past four or five matches, we've had pretty poor first halves. Um, sometimes we turn it on in the second half, but sometimes we don't. Uh, even this past match that we had um, against Leicester, I do feel like they had opportunities in the first half. They just didn't finish. Um, teams that have that we've played against over the past few weeks haven't scored a lot of goals but it isn't because they haven't had opportunities either they've fluffed their lines and just had bad misses or hugo's coming to save the day um i don't like us giving some opportunities like that up against a team like liverpool if they get too many set pieces this game could be over by halftime so with that said i do think there's an opportunity for us to score goals because i don't trust their back line but if they come out and score a couple times, um, I think it could be over quickly. I do think we'll score eventually, but I'm going to say 3-1 them. So hopefully Kim's right and I'm wrong, but um, we will see what happens on Saturday afternoon. Any final thoughts before we close up for today? I'm going to continue to pronounce it Cuddy because uh, of Dennis uh, Cuddy uh, from The Wire seasons, I think, like one, two, and three. Oh, the, the dude with the boxing gym. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that's, that's Cuddy. <laughs> like like a, a nice guy when he's with you. And the, the, the athletic article, freaking great father and, and loving life with his with his newborn. But, like, 
you know, watching a lot of hockey and, and having been at a couple of hockey games last week um, and seeing uh, Romero get that, what I, what you'd call a hockey assist, right? Cause for those non-hockey fans out there, um, soccer, you only get one assist on a goal hockey. Um, you can have up to two assists, the pass before the pass as well. And so Romero making that beautiful, aggressive slide tackle that then got the ball to Decky to get it's it. Beautiful when it works. Right. And so <laughs> too, like, that was, he's a hockey player. It's tackles. what he is. He's a hockey player that, that ended up playing soccer instead. Had he, had he not grown up in Argentina, had he grown up in, um, you know, uh, the Nebraska Czech Republic or Canada, he might, or Minnesota, <laughs> he might be a hockey player, but he's like a, yeah. he's, he's our hockey player. And he's, he's a physical, physical dude that, um, you know, has the fire and all that stuff. And is, is like, he's, he's like an enforcer that can score goal, not, you know, not, not a ton, but like who can actually add to the offense and those kind of things, which is a very valuable position in hockey. And, and I love him. And so um, I think that, yeah, like I, I saw it and I was like, Oh, that's like a hockey assist. And I was like, light bulb moment he's a hockey player that just happens to be on cleats instead of skates i like that and um I, you know any wire references are always going to be welcomed so i'll i'll allow cuddy for now i'll allow it for now only because you mentioned the wire that's the only reason so we'll see cuddy and cootie on saturday come on you spurs come on you spurs, come on, you spurs.